find ourselves in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. It's Jesus saying, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how could it be made salty again? Jesus came up with the word salty. Just want to let you know, Jesus is cool. It is no longer good for anything. Repeat after me, say useless, except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world, a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a, a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everybody in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. Jesus is, in, in these two phrases, you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. He's giving us the when, the what, and the where of purpose. Right here, right now. And, and, and I'm so encouraged to be able to bring this word to you today. But the, the title of today's talk is going to be, it's called A Present Purpose. A Present Purpose. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word and I thank you for your people. I pray that we would lean in and, and receive all that heaven has for us today. I thank you that your word is active. And God, would it move in our lives right here, right now. We say, Holy Spirit, come on in. Change us from the inside out. We have ears, I pray that we have ears to hear all that you have to say in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said a big amen. Amen and amen. You know, famous uh, novelist and writer Mark Twain uh, once said this. He says that the two most important days of your life is the day that you're born and the day that you find out why. I believe there's some truth to that. I think it's like 83% true. Because I believe that the most important day of your life is the day you are, come on, born again. The day you give your life to the Lord and, and receive Jesus as your Lord. And, and the second day is, is the day you find out why. And, and, and oftentimes I would, I would argue like that that day should be the same day you gave your life to Christ because now you should have meaning. You should know what uh, you're living for now. But if I could be honest, can I be honest in church? Often find, oftentimes I find Christians stuck at salvation stuck from the day that they said yes to Jesus, but not really moving into all that God has for them, their purpose. And, you know, we're in this series called Change Your World, and I, I think it's so important that we ought to know our purpose in life, because if we're not, uh, if we don't know our purpose in life we, life, we can't change our world. Rather, I have found that your world will begin to change you. And so I love that Jesus is giving us purpose right here and right now. I want to encourage you, before I even go further, I want to encourage you that no matter your age, background, or demographic, or your political persuasion, you have a purpose, friend, that God has given you a purpose. He's knitted you in your mother's womb, which tells me that I was not only given a purpose, but I was created on purpose, come on, for a purpose. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, you have a purpose. Turn to your other neighbor and say, stop waiting. You can go. It's always the second neighbor. Just want to let you know that for the future. But I, I know we can find ourselves in this place. Man, I love God with all my heart, but man, I, I'm still waiting. I still, I'm still trying to discover what it is I'm supposed to do in life. And I really want to bring some clarity to your purpose today. Uh, no matter where you are, uh, find yourself today, I believe you're going to get a word. And so if we're going to... Um, Going to live in our purpose today. If we're going to live in our purpose today, number one, we got to believe what God says about you. Got to believe what God says about you. It's one thing for God to say it. It's another thing for us to believe it. 
And I love how right here we find ourselves uh, in a moment where Jesus is talking to the disciples and, and he just got done giving, uh, you know, the, the Beatitudes, the blessed are poor in spirit, blessed are the pure in heart, blessed are those who are persecuted. And then after that, he goes right into this. Hey, you are salt to the earth. You are light to this world. And I want to encourage you today that you need to get your purpose from God. Yeah. Let God give you your purpose. Yeah. Don't, don't put it on yourself. Don't take it from somebody else. Don't let the enemy give you your purpose. I'm here to tell you God has given you a purpose, and you ought to get it from him. But the question I have for you today is, do you believe what God says about you? Do you, do you, do you believe it? What's so crazy is, find ourselves, First Peter, it says this. It says, you are God's chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. You came to church to get gassed up. I'm here to gas you up. <laughs> you are God's special possession, a holy nation. You are chosen that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Yeah. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Yeah. Once you did not have mercy, and, and now you have received mercy. You know, in the Old Testament, and the reason why uh, this would be written in this letter is because in the Old Testament, you did have to be special. There was a hierarchy to the spiritual walk uh, with God, and that you had priests, you had a priesthood, and that, that in the Old Testament, you had a priesthood. In the New Covenant, you, my friend, are the priesthood. That you don't have to be the pastor, priest, or whatever, the, the prophet, that you actually have a, a connection with God and direct access to God. But sometimes we find ourselves in the Old Testament ways, where we, where we put it on the pastor, we put it on the, the religious leader, the spiritual leader, to, 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 to get me what I need from God. But you can get what you need from God. You are a royal priesthood. You could be used by God. And I want to encourage you that, that Jesus is telling us the where of your purpose. He says in the earth and in the world. So this is everywhere. So there is, we can't box in our purpose into just the four walls of the local church or religious activity or, or even you know, ministry, I guess, quote unquote, you could say. But no, in your workplace, you can use your gifts. Come on in your home for your family. You could be a light. You could be a source of encouragement. Use your strength, talents, and abilities to, to, to share to the world. Amen? Amen? Says you are a holy nation. You are a holy nation. You are set apart. You know, the, the Bible, Bible just means book. But it's the holy Bible. It's set apart. Um, you, my friend, are set apart. And not to be confused with isolated. You're not, you're not set apart to be isolated. Rather, you are set apart to be able to go into the world and, 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 and be an agent of change. Uh, I love how Warren Wiersbe says this. He's a, a theologian. He says, holiness is, is so that you can, be, you can have contact without contamination. Hello, somebody. That'll preach in 2022. That you don't have to be contaminated by the things of this world, that you can go into that workspace, that environment. It doesn't matter. You could, you could be at a correction facility and still be an agent of change and live out your purpose. Amen. Another one to gas you up. I'm here to gas you up, friend. Ephesians 2.10. For you are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You are God's workmanship. What does that mean, Omar? Uh, the original, uh, the, you know, the, the New Testament was written in Greek, and the original meaning for that word is this word called poema, poema. This is where we get the word poem. 
And the original meaning of this word masterpiece essentially means in the original text uh, that you are his uh, masterpiece, that you are his work of art. And so we can believe that, that God has designed you, knit you together in your mother's womb intentionally. But the question is, do you believe it? You know, I say these things and it's, it's kind of quiet because it's like, no, because of my pedigree, I'm not God's holy nation. Because of what I've done, because of the family background that I've had, because of, we don't believe it. And sometimes we find ourselves in this place where we actually believe more about what the enemy says about us than what God is actually saying about us. Man. You know, uh, as, as, as a pastor, I have the, the privilege to be able to you know, converse with people, whether it's through a phone call or over coffee, and kind of help people process things in life. Uh, by the way, don't come to me and tell you what to do, okay? <laughs> I'm not here to tell you what to do, but I can pray for you. Amen. Omar, I got this thing. What should I do? Man, I don't know. I'm just the pastor, bro. What do you want? You want, you want to put it on me? So when it's a bad decision, no, I'm just kidding. But oftentimes, I'll, I'll have these phone calls, and it's almost like you've believed the scripture of the, the devil's Bible because it's the exact opposite of what is, in fact, God said over your life. Man, Omar, I just, you know, I'm, I feel so condemned, man. I'm, I'm ashamed. There's no way God can use me, man. You know, uh, I just, I, my, my history, my background, I really, I really can't be used by God. No, friend, that's not what God says about you. That's what the enemy says about you. But we got to believe what God says about us. So what names have you allowed people to call you? What names have you allowed maybe your parents to give you or, or even the names that you have put on yourself because of what you've done in life? You know, or, you know my, my family, it's always, it's always addiction. My family, it's always al- alcoholism. Like, man, everyone's a drunk. And my family, I just, oh, we always just make mistakes. Our name is just is messed up. I'm here to tell you that's not God's heart for you. I love this by Pastor Jabin. <laughs> the enemy knows your name but calls you by your sin. But come on, God knows your sin, but chooses to call you by your name. Amen. You are not what you've done. You are not what you haven't done. You are not what you have or what you don't have. I want to encourage you at the correction facilities. You are not what you've done. You could actually be used by God now. And you could believe what it is that God says about you now. And, and, and this is the truth, friend, that our mistakes don't disqualify us from being used by God. Amen. Let me get a good amen. 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 Number two, number two, be what God says you are. Be what God says you are. If we're going to walk in our purpose, we got, we got to believe what God says about us, and we got to be what God says we are. You know, Pastor Jabin preached on a sermon last week, be generous, that there's actually this permission to be whatever it is that God's called you to be, that you don't have to wait on any other approval, but if God says it in Scripture, that we can be it. Amen. And I love that Jesus would be, he would use, it wouldn't, it doesn't take a, an English major to know that Jesus is using present tense language here. He's not saying that there's a process to be whatever he's calling us to be. You are light. You are salt. This is a call today for the believer. And, and I think sometimes we can fall into the trap to think that our calling or our, our purpose in life has this starting point or like time frame that I'm just dude if dude when my passion and my purpose and when the cosmos and they line up and I begin to get the job that I was supposed to get that lines up with my gift mix I could then step into the very thing that God's called me to be don't we do that 
You like that ball change, right? I used to be in hip-hop, by the way. That's a random story. Had to bring it out somehow. But we wait for perfect conditions to begin to walk and do the things that God called us to do. When we make our purpose about our future, we will then paralyze our ability to walk in it now. Ecclesiastes 11.4 says, if you wait for the perfect conditions, you won't get anything done. Stop putting conditions on your purpose. Your purpose is actually unconditional. Your purpose is not conditional, and I would even say your purpose isn't occupational. You know, I'm half Filipino. My mom kind of raised us. Lumpia, noodles on our birthday for long life. The whole thing, the rosary. And that's why I'm not a nurse. Come on, somebody. Amen. But, but oftentimes we can, we can allow what somebody else says about our life and what it is to be and what we ought to do. And we can find ourselves in this tension that the enemy would love to leave you right there. That you are just waiting to be used by God. You don't need perfect conditions to be used by God. I want to I bring two uh, Christian-isms that I have uh, found amongst believers. Things that we say that I don't believe are not quite you know, agreeing, agree with scripture. Number one, the first one would be, uh, man, I'm just waiting on God, waiting on God to show me what I'm supposed to do. No friend. Now your purpose is now you have a present purpose. And I, you know, we have that song where we say, I'm going to wait on you. And it's, it's biblical that we ought to wait on God to renew our strength. But that is kind of the context of that is kind of because you've been operating in your own strength and your strength is depleted. Therefore, yes, get your strength from God. Amen. But no, we're not to wait, wait for God to show you on this jumbo screen or on your television or whatever that you need to start living in your purpose. Jesus is saying you are. This is today. Today is the day of purpose. And so don't allow, allow the enemy to dictate your timeline. I believe that there's, a, there's a, a huge lie for every person in this room, no matter your age, the lie from the enemy is this. You should be further along. You should have more. You should, you, should, you should have accomplished more in your life by this point. What a lie from the enemy. I'm here to tell you, by, by the grace of God, you are exactly where you need to be for God to be able to use you and use your gift, talents, and abilities. Come on, say amen right there. First Timothy, it says, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. Set an example for the believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and impurity. You have a purpose now. There is no conditions to your purpose. And I really feel that for our correction facility family, that you think your, your situation has removed you from being able to walk in your purpose. But I know the room that is watching this sermon right now, or even if you're on the Pando app, that you can actually be a light in your sphere right now, that God can actually use you right now. And that's a powerful thing about God. Amen. So Jesus says, you are salt and light. So, so be it. Amen. Just want to break down this a little bit. You know, when, when I get the, the when, when Pastor Javen asks me, hey, Omar, can you, can you preach? I'm like, yeah, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive into the word. I'm going to try to break this apart. Let me try to unpack everything. <laughs> and I was like, dang, there's nothing about salt and light. It just, it just is salt and light. <laughs> I'm like, man. 
But Jesus is referring to, in this day to natural salt. Natural salt. Uh, salt uh, this salt is intended to purify. It's, it's to cleanse. It's to preserve from corruption. And salt is meant to be used. We just read earlier that if, if salt's not used, it'll use, lose its saltiness. And, and, and therefore becoming useless. So if God, is, if, if God is calling me to be salt to my world, and yet I'm not being used, what does that make me? Ye. It makes you useless. I gassed you up and I brought you back down. Uh, funny, like there's this book by Kanye West. Kanye West writes a book. He does everything, guys. We, we've now figured it out. He does it all. It's this little book. It's called Thank You and You're Welcome. And inside of that book, he has a graphic that says, if you're not being used, then you're useless. I bought that book when I was in like 10th grade, and I was like, holy spirit, activate. (laughs) And so here is the prayer. I want to encourage you. Here's the prayer. And this is, friends, warning, warning, warning. This is a dangerous prayer to pray. Here's the prayer. Three words. God, use me. God, use me. Wake up in the morning. God, use me. You can flip it around if you want to flip it around. Use me, God. (laughs) Amen. God, use me. And be careful when you pray that prayer. Because when the burden comes, you prayed it. But I have found that this is the most powerful prayer you could pray to be used by God. Because it reminds me that I prayed for this. So that the weight that you're carrying right now because of that person or your family member, it's because God's using you. And, and, and we don't want to get trapped in this place where, where you have to have these, uh, this perfect situation to be able to be used by God and, um, and, that, and that you can pray that prayer every day. Amen? Amen? Jesus says, you're the light of the world, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Light, in this case, would have a literal and figurative meaning. The literal meaning is a lamp. A lamp that should be put on a stand, not underneath a stand. But contextually, this is a lamp that would have, you know, a, a little wick, and it would have, uh, it would need oil to operate. Come on, somebody, in order to be the light, you need some oil. Hey, I'm just not a Pentecostal preacher yet. Somebody asked me, you need a, you need a rag? I was like, I actually don't. I don't sweat like they do. Maybe one day, when, when it starts to roll down, I'm like, I made it, God. But a lamp is meant to be seen. Uh, the, the figurative language or the, the symbolic language, uh, meaning is that it's moral goodness, it's holiness, it's pureness, it's revelation. But we can conclude this. We can conclude that lights are meant to be seen. Simple. Y'all came to church for English, science, and math. But the God has designed you and I to be seen. And I know that kind of sounds a little self-serving, but, and that's why I think, number one, if God's given you a desire to be seen, then he must first meet that desire. Any God-given desire in your heart must be met by God. And I'm here to tell you, God acknowledges you. He chose you. Come on. John 15 says, you did not choose me. I chose you. So God does see you. God acknowledges you. And so it's very simple, salt and light. Man, but we have a tendency to just over-spiritualize our purpose. And I have found this that our purpose isn't meant to be over-spiritualized. Our purpose simply is to be utilized, that you are a tool to be used by God, and he can use you today. Amen? 
So it's God's heart for his people to look to, for people to look to his people. I like to say it like this. I kind of do YouTube on the side, kind of on the side. And there's this term called clickbait. Clickbait. It's like when there's an image in front of a video, before you click and watch a video, the image convinces you to watch this video. And the reason why they call it clickbait is because it's like in fishing, you know, you put the bait. Okay, Omar, we get it. Cool. But sometimes you'll click on that image and like the video disappoints. And you're like, man, that was just clickbait. But I'm, I'm here to tell you that there is actually good clickbait. And I would say we are the clickbait of heaven. And so people are going to look at our life and look at the life that you're preaching and say, hey, I love that. So we got to be what God says for us to be. Psalm 84:10. For better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Sometimes we might man, we pray the strangest prayers. Christianism number 1, I'm waiting on God. Christianism number 2, God's just hiding me. I'm, I'm being hidden by God. God's hiding me in this season, and then he's just going to release me like a slingshot, and I'm going to come into the earth and be like, yo, I'm living on my purpose. <laughs> God's not hiding you. I would actually say that actually goes against the theology, because we find in Genesis, after the first sin was committed, what happens to, who tells Adam and Eve to, to what? To hide. So th- this isn't God's heart that we would hide. That God wants you to be seen and that God wants you to be used. And we, we must not hide, friend, because this world is dark. Like, my goodness, evil and destruction and corruption. I begin to wonder, like, okay, so I, insinuating that Jesus would say we need to be a light because this world is dark. And I, I was actually, I actually sometimes will process my sermon with my brother, who's also a youth pastor uh, and great communicator, and he, he, he said this, because I was like, Dude, I know it's like, it's a bad world we live in, and you could see it that way, and, and it sure is, like there's evil people, but he said this, he said, Omar, the world isn't dark just because bad people harm. The world is dark because good people hide. Come on. So don't cover your light, city light. It's too dark for you to be hiding. God is using you, stay-at-home mom, to raise your children. God is using you, barista, to be excellent at what you do. God is using you, influencer, to bring God's truth into the world. God's using you, father, to lead your family spiritually. God's using you, student, to reach your, your fellow students and friends for the glory of God. God is using you, serve team, to build his house and reach more people in the city of Las Vegas. Oh, come on, are you grateful that God uses us? Repeat after me, say, be a light, be salt, be salty, I'm salty, it's a good thing, don't allow the world to switch that up, man, no, I'm just kidding, 2022, what are you going to do, that's why we got original context, that's why you got to study the word of God, amen, as the keys come up, as, I, as the keys come up, number three, number three is believe who God is. Believe who God is. So we ought to believe what God says about us, be what God says, but most importantly, we have to believe who God is. Who God is. I actually have a, uh, I want to try something real quick. Real quick. What's your name? 
Big Sam. Big Sam. What's your name? Coley. What's your name? Angie. My man, what's your name? Wyatt. What's your name? Sarah. What's your name? Nate. He has a name badge. I didn't have to ask him. What's your name? Laura. Laura. Hi, guys. My name is Omar. Nice to meet you. So cool. Love names. Laura, Sarah, Big Sam. You know what's so funny is when we uh, ask people what their name is and we introduce you know, each other, we have an opportunity to believe if that's somebody's name. No, I know you said your name's Omar. You look like an Edgar. But we don't do that. We, we believe the names that people give us. And as I look at Sam, he's a big dude. I'm sure he's Big Sam. But how often, oh man, how often does God tell us his name and yet we don't choose to believe the very name that he is? Oh, come on. This brings me back to, to Exodus, where, where Moses is encountering a, a burning bush, a source of light. And this is the first time in scripture where God would reveal his name. He says, out of the burning bush, God says, I am that I am. I am that I am. The original meaning to this is Yahweh. This is the name of God, Yahweh. Yahweh means if you didn't know this, to be, to be. That God is whatever you need him to be. If you need peace, God could be your peace. If you need provision, God could be your provider. If you need healing, God could be your healer. And so God will be whatever it is you need him to be. And this is his name, his name is I am. Kind of doesn't make sense, I am that I am. What, God, what? But we fast forward into the New Testament and we find Jesus saying this and all the religious people of the day would know that about God, that he is the great I am. Jesus would then say, I am he. Wait a second. This guy's telling us he's God. And he's saying, yes, I am God. And I love this so much as I wrap this up. And John, Jesus would give us seven I am statements. Seven I am statements. He will say, I am the bread of life. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. Come on. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the vine. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the light of the world. Jesus is the very thing that he is calling us to be. And I know this sounds crazy, but this is the only time in scripture, the only time where Jesus is calling us to partake in who he is. He says, I am the light of the world. Then he tells the disciples, you are the light of the world. Whoa, bro, take this back. No, you take it. No, you take it. But, I, but this is, this, it's key for, for everyone to know this, that in order for us to be who God says we are, we must look first to who Jesus says he is. Amen. And I love what Pastor Jabin said a couple of weeks ago. I look at Jesus until I look like Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we trust who Jesus is. And I believe many of us in this room need to first trust Jesus as your own personal Lord and Savior, because this is where it starts. This is your most important day, the day that you get born again. And the Bible says in Romans that if you just believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, that you will be saved. So just call upon in the name of the Lord and you will be saved. 
So with every head bowed and now we close, if you could repeat this prayer after me, everyone in the room, repeat this prayer. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my future. And I give you my purpose. I believe you died and rose again. So I put my faith in you and receive the forgiveness of my sins. Holy Spirit, come on in. Make me new. I pray that I would never be the same. In Jesus' name.